fellow Laurentians, this is Shania, and you are listening to a very special podcast, Fred Boynton and the Pursuit of Peace. Fred Boynton, with the help and support of her husband, Donald Boynton, worked in London way back in the day, and today many Laurentians, such as myself, go there for educational weekends and sometimes week-long seminars. I've been at Birk London about three times this year. The first time I went was for an art history weekend. The second time I went there for a government war and science fiction weekend. And the third time I went there for a posse retreat. Each time I have visited Birk London, I have just been enchanted by the beauty I find there. It surrounds you and it's so gorgeous. It's so serene and peaceful. You really feel calm and at ease there. And also like you tackle on the world when you leave. Now, many people don't know the history of Birk London or who even built it, but that's what we're gonna tackle today. When we answer the question, who is Winifred Boynton? Winifred Boynton was the creative mind behind the building of the Björk London Estate and its gorgeous Norwegian chapel. She was born on November 22, 1887, a child of six and had an upbringing that centered around Christianity. She grew up in a family with ministers and was taught from a young age the importance of her faith, which proved relevant to her artistic and architectural endeavors later on in life. Winifred Boynton married Carlton Vale, with whom she had two children. Unfortunately, Carlton Vale died in a car accident in 1932, and shortly after, Winifred Boynton traveled to Europe, including Norway, where Winifred gained inspiration for the chapel. Winifred Boynton came back to America, where she met Donald Boynton, and they got married. Donald Boynton was a widower and a father to four children, who became her creative partner in the building of Birk London. Donald Boynton saw her vision, and together they created this magical place that Laurentians now get to experience decades after. Winifred Boynton was heavily influenced by Norwegian architecture, art, and images depicting the Christian faith. Another interesting fact about Winifred Boynton is that she had a Viking ancestor, go Vikings, named Hrolf. Hrolf lived in the 10th century and was too fat to ride a horse. I just thought that was really funny. Winifred included this anecdote in her book, Faith Builds a Chapel. This book was where she also credits faith and trusting in God despite uncertainty for the creation of the chapel. He also said it is the absence of absolute certainty that makes life such a thrilling adventure. She was a very faithful woman, Winifred. Well, I'm probably going to totally butcher this, but Björk London's like full name is Björk London Vid Sigion. Now, if I pronounce that wrong, please correct me if you see me or shoot me an email if you know my email. So this word or title, Björk London Vid Sigion, Swedish for birch grove at the lake, but is commonly translated as birch forest by the water. London is over 400 acres long, and it sits on the shore of Lake Michigan. It is so beautiful and stunning out there when it's actually warm outside. I've been there in the winter, and oh, it's beautiful. It's just like frozen and cold. When it's nice out, it's the most beautiful and magical, naturey, picturesque scene you'll ever see. The estate was given to Lawrence University in 1963 by Donald and Winifred Boynton. They're from Highland Park, Illinois, just in case I haven't mentioned that. Since 1980, Lawrence University has offered a series of adult education seminars at Berkeley, London. This was only stopped by a fire in 1993 that destroyed the main lodge of the estate. Berkeley, London is about 37,000 square foot. It has a great room, a multi-purpose room, seminar room, dining room, a kitchen, and 22 guest rooms. There's also gorgeous decks, second story observation deck, an elevator, and a computer lab. It also has Wi-Fi, which is great for students going there who need to do work, or faculty members who also need to do work up there, because you know, the Laurentians were always doing something. 
I personally like the weekend seminars that have been running since 1996 because it's like you get to get away from Lawrence University for a bit so it's like a mini vacation but then you actually do like academic work and like intellectually stimulated conversations but it still feels like a good getaway because you're at Birk London. Fred Boynton called Birk London her summer home and she said of it that it is far removed confusion and aggression. It offers a sanctuary for all I can totally stand behind because it is amazing. It is really just this peaceful and magical place. It's like a getaway and you just feel so at home at this place far away from home, way, way away from home. And I'm from New York, so no, way far away. Construction of the summer home began in 1929 and Winifred decided that she wanted to have a chapel built on the estate. She didn't want just any typical, you know, day old chapel. She wanted a Norwegian staff kirk. She wanted one that was unique, but her family disagreed with having a chapel because there are so many in Door County. Why do we need another chapel here? Winifred Boynton, being the strong, persuasive woman that she is, convinced her family that they should have a chapel, and the construction of the chapel began in 1939. The chapel took nine years to build, and it became a place of peace. That's the purpose, to be a sanctuary of peace. Any created this sense of positive energy and just this radiant vibe when she approached the construction of the chapel. She wanted unity to be an essential piece to it. Her approach to unity was incorporating all religions a part of the building of the chapel. So she included Hinduism, Judaism, and many other religions into the construction of the chapel. She didn't want anyone to be left out. It was a place of worship for all. And even those who didn't believe in a particular religion could still go there for peace. Especially during this time where the world was just in so much chaos and conflict. I mean, we're talking about the 1930s, 1940s. This was a time where peace was needed more than ever. And it was beautiful that she was able to capture this. She cared so much about peace for all and didn't want to turn away anyone. If you are listening to my podcast somewhere, wherever you are, thank you for that. Winifred Boynton's idea of inclusion for building the chapel and Birk London in general shows that she is a true Laurentian, that she accepts everyone and loves people and also focused on education as being an important part of Birk London as well. To make sure that these educational seminars were happening and were part of the Lawrence youth of Birk London. I personally believe that having this spiritual space, you know, the chapel and Birk London, kind of enables us to look inwardly at our humanity and focus on how we can make the world better because sometimes that gets overlooked in an academically rigorous environment because, you know, there's so much value in your mind, your intellectual abilities, how you think, and your ideas. Sometimes us being human and connecting with each other is often overlooked. So remember to be kind to each other, kind to yourself, be gentle to yourself and gentle to each other. Life is hard and life is messy and Winifred Boynton kind of has to remember that, to be kind, good people, to radiate peace and positivity. Now, have you ever wondered how did Donald and Winifred Boynton choose Lawrence University? This conversation started way back when, when Harry Wells was the financial vice president of Northwestern University and a Lawrence trustee who was responsible for the initiation of conversations between President Douglas Knight and Mr. and Mrs. Boynton to see how their ideas and vision of Brooklyn and estate, particularly the chapel, could be achieved if the estate belonged to Lawrence University. Other institutions were considered for this, such as Northwestern University and St. Olaf College. This university had President Knight on our side, and he was very persuasive and convinced 
Arnold and Winifred Boynton to give Kirk London to Lawrence University. They basically decided that there would be no legal restrictions on Lawrence University or no killer obligations, but President Knight made the commitment that the chapel would be used for devotions and regular religious services. He also promised to preserve the surrounding environment. So when you go there now, you still see a lot of nature and land, no real developments on the area. Arnold Boynton died in 1966, and Winifred Boynton died in 1974. At that time, Lawrence University gained full control of the property. Since 1980, as I've mentioned before, probably, Lawrence University has been hosting summer seminars there, which I haven't been to yet, but I've heard they're amazing. So if you can go, check them out. This podcast has been an absolute blast to make, although they were a little hassles, but I've gotten through them. I want to thank Gretchen Reavy, Aaron Dix, Andrew McSorley, Arno Damaro, and David Burke from the Lawrence University Mud Library for their assistance and support on my research for this podcast. You have been tremendous help. Thank you so much. I'd also like to thank Macy Vito for feedback on my paper. I really appreciate your time for hearing my podcast and listening to my script and just being a really cool friend. So thank you. And thank you for listening to my podcast and staying through with my little rambles about Winifred Boynton because she's super cool. So thank you for listening, and I hope you check out my poster in the Lawrence University Library. It should be there right now. Thank you.